0: Hello and welcome to Res Life Freedom Conversations, where we talk all about our new life in Christ and explore the fullness we were made for. This episode is just one of the five-part Foundation series. We encourage you to catch all five episodes, start this journey, and discover true transformation.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Freedom Conversations. We're so excited that you're joining us. And really, this episode is designed to be a follow-up to the foundational podcast that we just did. And if you haven't heard those yet, we want to recommend going back and listening to those because those are really meant to be listened to sequentially. And this is a follow-up. And really, the heart of this episode is to answer the question of, now what we just went through uh, some great teaching on foundational freedom concepts and now we really want to look at some of maybe the practical application and really start to dig into this of what this looks like in a day-to-day life so with that i'm going to pass it off to both pastor deb and nick and we're going to have some fun in this conversation today hi nick hi
0: (laughs) ryan nice that you're here hey I've been thinking about this and how you know everybody has difficulties in their past and there really aren't any exceptions to that. The only uh, difference is is that there may be varying levels of difficulty that people have been going through and I meet with a lot of people who are convinced that really the reason they're not experiencing the freedom that Jesus provided for them is because of something that happened in their past you know, what they did or didn't do, or maybe something that was done to them. And, and that's just not true. That's not where they're stuck. Mm-hmm. Because if that was the case, no one would ever be able to be free because none of us can go back and change the past. But there is something that we can do and a part that we can play, and that is this, to simply know the truth. What what Jesus said in John 8:32 was that you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So freedom really is a result of knowing the truth. And to me what that implies is that the absence of freedom would really be tied to knowing something that is not true and believing that and having that be something that's at your core. Mm-hmm. It's it's those untruths, the, the lies that we believe about the things that have happened to us in our past that hold us in bondage, not the actual events or the, the things that happened. So those two are connected though because often We come to believe the lies that we believe during those really tough, difficult, painful moments of our lives, and those bad or hard things happen, and at that time, we assign meaning to the Mm -hmm. event. So if you experience something like rejection or fear or grief or or whatever it is, it's that painful moment where it is very, very easy to embrace a definition of reality Mm -hmm. that is not aligned with how God sees things. So when that happens, we we have a tendency to think, well, there's something wrong with me, Mm. maybe there's something wrong with my relationship with God, or maybe God doesn't love me, or maybe other people just aren't ever going to accept me. We believe those things, and we decide those things about ourselves, God, and others. And very often, the meaning we assign to it is not aligned with what God says. Mm -hmm. So if I think about my worth or my value or my significance in a way that doesn't represent what God thinks about me, the way that he values and the way he loves me, it's not just a self-esteem problem like a lot of times we think it is, or I have a poor self-image. It's actually a source problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we need to change the source of truth. And that's why we talked about strongholds in the previous episode, uh, because God heals memories and the pain that steal our freedom, not by erasing the past, but rather by freeing us from the lies that have held us captive because Mm -hmm. of the past and i just want to make the statement that there isn't anyone who's in bondage because of what they experienced they're in bondage because what they came to believe about reality is really actually a lie Mm -hmm. so freedom doesn't erase the past but what it does is it redefines what the past means about god's goodness his nearness his presence with us and his power And so really, freedom really redefines what the past means also about our value and identity. And I know we talked about value, we talked about identity, Mm -hmm. um, but that's why we need to make sure that we take the time to dismantle the strongholds uh, that have been in our life and then be proactive Mm -hmm. to really keep them from happening again. Um, So whenever anything happens that causes you fear or pain, I just want to remind you a very practical thing to do is at that moment, instead of even giving that thought a place in your heart, if it causes you fear or pain, is to go to the Lord and just say, Lord, will you show me how you feel about that? Because Mm -hmm. the scripture says that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And as he speaks to you, you actually experience the truth and freedom always results.
1: You know, and as you're talking about that, I'm I'm thinking about, you said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And I just think about the disciples. Mm -hmm. They walked with the truth on a regular basis. So every opportunity that there was when when they were thinking in an old way Mm -hmm. or they were thinking based upon previous programming, every opportunity that there was, Jesus was right there with them. Yeah displaying the truth and saying, you know, well, you guys may have thought about it this way before, but Mm -hmm. have you thought about it this way before according to the kingdom? And it was from those daily walks, those daily talks Mm -hmm. with the Lord. It was from being with Him, being in His presence, that that truth was really starting to absorb into the very being of of who they were, and that's exactly why we wanted to have this conversation because that's possible for us today too. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely.
2: One of the things that I love that you're bringing up is, is really so much of what we're talking about with freedom. Sometimes we could think, oh, it's just me going into, the, into my, my soul and just making sense of that. But actually, Pastor Deb, you're saying, no, this, this has so much to do with the nature of reality, right? The, Absolutely. the areas of bondage that we're finding are places that we have believed wrongly and are incongruent with reality. Right? One of my favorite philosophers and, and theologians, Dallas Willard, says reality mm-hmm. is what you run into when you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and the pain points that we feel, the bondage that we feel, are those areas that we're running into the wrongness that we're believing, and that's where you shall know the truth and the truth so shall set you free. Well, reality and truth is a person, and it's Jesus Christ. Jesus yeah. says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and you guys were both saying a second ago, the way that we know the truth uh, is something that we need to deeply consider. The Greek word there, gnosko or gnoski, uh, is an intimate knowing. It's a, a knowing that steps into relationship. Adam knew Eve and they bore a child. It's a, a relational knowing that starts to produce something. It starts to bear life and it starts to bear Truth and reality on the inside of us. So uh, it's so crucial. I'll, I'll kind of use that to springboard into this that us knowing Christ, and really when we talk about even some of the kingdom talk that we talked about through the classes and, and this knowing the person of Jesus, uh, the more we can get into his presence is the more that we find the transformation that we're seeking. Yeah. Transformation isn't something that we muster up. It's not something that we work up. It's something that we uh, submit ourselves to, which I think we'll probably also talk about here in this episode. But I submit myself to Christ, and I get to know him, and I step into his presence, and then he starts doing the work that only he can do. Uh, We could think of it in a couple different ways, right? We could think of the kingdom of God is, is like an oven. We've used this at Kairos. We've used it in different freedom foundations. But... Uh, If you think of a a cookie, cookie starts off as cookie dough, and a cookie dough itself can't work itself into becoming a cookie. It needs to get presented in and placed in and abide in the atmosphere in which it will become a cookie, in this case, is an oven. And the kingdom is very much like that. We ourselves can't make ourselves free. We can't make ourselves better individuals. But when we present ourselves into the atmosphere of the kingdom, which when we say that, it's it's really we're talking about the presence of Jesus, the presence of Holy Spirit, the presence of God the Father. Then we then get affected by that atmosphere very much in the same way that a, a cookie dough gets baked in the atmosphere of the oven. We get formed within the atmosphere of God's kingdom, of God's presence. And it's so, so crucial for us to understand Uh in, in leading the discipleship program, we, we tend to go through in, in deep into the concepts of freedom. And I, I constantly have students that ask this question of, well, when do I know that I've become free? And I think when, when we think about it in the terms of I have become free, we start maybe missing the point of what freedom is. Uh, again, freedom isn't the absence of something, it's the presence of someone. Right. And I remember one year I was trying to work it out on the board in front of students and And I just started drawing like a a river, a picture of a river. And I said, freedom isn't necessarily a destination that we get to. It's actually more of a, a flow of a river that I could step on the outside of the river. I could look into the river and I could see this flow. But it's not until I get into the flow of the river that I'm actually in freedom. Freedom is something that we step into. And then when we step into it, it starts to... Flow past us, move around us, starts to shape us, much like a rock in a river starts to get shaped by the current of that river. Well, in the same way, freedom is us getting into the presence of God. It's the eternal flow of His grace, His power, His Word, starting to do the work on us that when we find ourselves in the river, we are finding ourselves in freedom. So it's not necessarily a destination. It's actually just being within the constant flow of God's grace, the constant flow of God's movement that then transforms us and starts to do a work on the inside of us, and we can find peace in that place. I don't have to be fully washed to find the peace of the river. Uh, The river is constantly washing me, but I am
1: finding peace and joy in being in the river. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? It does, and I think it kind of shifts the question a little bit. You said, you know, people ask, and and I've heard this too, how do I know when I'm free? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the the proper way to frame that is, how do I know when I become more like Christ? Yeah. 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 Because it's it's not necessarily about the freedom. Like you said, it's it's stepping into the river. You brought up Willard, so, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, there's, Willard has so many great one-liners, and I, I can't do this one justice. Maybe you know how he says it. Mm-hmm. But he, he says that discipleship is, is really learning to live a life as if Christ was living that life through us. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and I love that picture yeah so believe the way
2: that Dallas would say it is is discipleship is is learning to know Christ how to learn from him and how to be like him in all areas of life which leads to living our life as if it was Christ living our life for us and with us and in us uh, much in that way so exactly
1: exactly hundred percent. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Willard has a, a very eloquent way of saying it. But yeah, it, it totally reframes the whole idea mm-hmm. of freedom. Mm-hmm. And then it actually makes it a lot more practical because it allows you to gauge yourself based upon the demonstration of Christ our model, which you talked about.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah being a disciple is is that learning process mm-hmm. right freedom is is a constant process of life it's not a moment that we arrive at it's the process that we go on of we talked about this in early episodes we talked about it in an episode specifically about hearing god's voice it's learning to hear our father's voice our savior's voice yeah. our lord's voice learning how to respond to it and it's it's really what we would call the with god life mm-hmm. Right, so often the the Christian thought process moves towards uh I need to do things for God, mm-hmm. but that's not what Jesus asked us to do ever ever. He wasn't asking us to do things for him; he was asking to do things with him and from him that we would receive from him as source, and then we would do life as if he was walking through it with us because he is and that's beautiful so it's it's yeah being in that that constant flow and that constant rhythm of learning to be more like our our Lord and Savior mm-hmm. Jesus Christ.
0: I think sometimes people struggle with this whole thing though you know they think well the disciples were right there physically with Jesus. And what would you say to Nick? I'm taking Ryan's part here. <laughs> yeah, but yep. what would you say to people, Nick, about how real that experience with Jesus can be?
1: Mm.
2: It's, when we understand this, this transforms our life. That That Christ is with us, he is in us, we have the Holy Spirit. He said it's better that I go to the Father that I could send to you the advocate who will lead you and guide you into all truth, and what he's painting this picture of is that we would get the Holy Spirit, and as believers we need to we need to understand the weight of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit, living with the Holy Spirit, walking with the Holy Spirit, because in that it's each and every one of us being able to personally walk with Christ, but then there's also Christ within the body of Christ. We have the body of Christ. So there's also moving within the community of believers that we get to also walk with Christ, right? In these types of conversations and these types of dialogues, we are with Christ. I look across the table here and I see Christ in each of you. So when we understand the the weight and the power of the Holy Spirit and what that means in our life, we actually start to realize that, that we have even— I would dare say, a greater expression uh, of being able to walk with Christ than even what we've seen the disciples doing before Christ's ascension and sending the Holy Spirit. Mm. Obviously, they were also filled with the Holy Spirit, so they still, they had this Spirit-led experience, but uh, with them walking with Christ... They were with Christ when they were with Christ. Here we are with Holy Spirit, so we are with Christ at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we could wrap our mind around that, I think uh, it, it starts to open up so much that when I go into Scripture, I am going into Scripture with Christ. Yeah. That when I'm seeing the story and the accounts of Christ, I'm doing it with him, not just looking at him, but actually in communion with him. Or at least I can be if I if I invite him and then I invite the Holy Spirit into that whole process with uh with me and all of us should be doing this does that make sense yeah answer that question yeah it
0: really does you know um when i hear you talk about this you know it makes it sound like and i think people could think well that just sounds like such an easy life but the reality is uh in scripture in fact i've heard john ortberg we've talked about dallas we'll Mm -hmm. talk about john ortberg a minute here who was a good buddy of Mm -hmm. dallas um he made this this comment he said the soul was not made for an easy life the soul was made for an easy yoke Mm -hmm. and so when i hear you talking about that partnership with god that's what i'm seeing and recently we were up in amish country my husband and i and um, we had it was interesting we went by one field where there was one man in a very small field um, pulling the plow Mm -hmm. with just one horse And then we went a little further, and there was another farmer, and he was pulling with two horses in a yoke. And it made me think about, you know, he was in a much bigger field. It looked like he was making much faster progress. Mm. And it it made me think about just how, you know, the Scripture tells us in – matthew 11 jesus is saying this and this is where he says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it is just so much easier when we're yoked with him Mm -hmm. it's like we get to we get to get right beside him and walk with him through life just like the disciples did really maybe not physically but in a very real sense he is always with us and we're pulling together but really, he's doing all the heavy work. Mm-hmm. My part is just to keep my steps aligned with his so that I don't fall too far behind and start to pull him back, which could never happen mm-hmm. you know so yeah
1: yeah, and even even as i'm I'm listening to this i'm I'm hearing people saying like, "Yes, okay, this is making more sense, and still that question is there of. Mm-hmm. What do I do? It, you know right. and and here we're saying it's not about the doing. It's about the becoming, but yet there are there things. Doing. there is a doing. And I want to go back just to something that you said recently. you were talking about how um, you know there's there's many ways to engage with Christ. Christ is with us. Christ is in us Holy Spirit. And Jesus even said he said, it's better for me to go. Mm-hmm. so that Holy Spirit can come for you. But another thing that you said was we experience Christ when we're in community because mm-hmm. we can see different aspects of the Father through different people because it's His body. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the, the church is the body of Christ. So I want to kind of just use that as a pivot point to kind of talk about maybe some some practical ways to engage with the Lord mm-hmm. and start to see that becoming you know, uh, more evidence of that in our lives. And so... I'll start by saying community is one way. Completely. Finding, Completely. finding a community that you can immerse yourself into mm-hmm. so that you can start to understand that when you're seeing people, you're seeing God's creation. And when you're seeing God's creation, it just opens up the, um, the way we see things mm-hmm. in, in a whole different way. When we look at it from this is God's creation in front of me. This is, this is an expression of God in front of me it opens things up in a a whole different way to where we're experiencing Christ through other people. Mm -hmm. And when we look at Jesus, we saw him do things like (laughs) he went away, he went off to be alone with God, Mm -hmm. or he was leading the disciples in communion. And he was doing certain things that were clues and indicators that we can start to bring in as daily application. So let's kind of kind of shift the conversation mm-hmm. to that question of, okay, I, I, I'm i starting to really get this, but what are the daily things sure. that, that can really start to bring the transformation? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, this is... For me, this has been such a, a large part of my walk, right? And I've I've gone through different seasons of understanding these things in different ways. For a while, I thought, well, there's a lot of legalism attached to this. And no, oh, I don't, I, well, I don't want to do anything if it's not flowing from a, a heart of, you know, joy. And and then I, I started just stepping into actually activating these spiritual disciplines, as we would call them, or spiritual practices, or uh, however you want to call them. In my life and started seeing that there's so much beauty in so much of when we talk about that stream of grace. Uh, these are just ways that we step into the stream of grace. Uh, again, in the discipleship program, I, I teach so much about the story of God and how much, uh, how much worship is really orienting our life and our souls around the story of God. Versus being inundated by all the other stories and narratives, and really, I could do quotations here. Good news accounts of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, we have the reality, the good news cr- account of Christ that we need to orient ourselves towards, and that's what these disciplines do. Because how we spend our life shows how we orient our heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and as I spend my life into these things. Uh, I see dividends of God releasing his grace, his power, his mercy, and just unveiling and revealing things in my life that I would never have experienced otherwise. So I love that you start with community because really that's one of the core, core disciplines that we need to think on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so many of these other disciplines that we would do uh, are found within the context of community. Mm-hmm. Um, a big one that I would say that is an easy one for us to get into, especially within the sake of community, is thankfulness. Mm-hmm. Thankfulness is a, is a discipline, right? Philippians 4, 4 through 7, Paul's saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be na- made known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious on nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. In the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That make your everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Uh, let your requests be made known to God. And there's an aspect of of looking into our life, looking back on our life, and being thankful of all the things that God has done. But then there's also the aspect of Removing it just from what God has done and being thankful for who God is, Mm -hmm. right? God, thank you that you are a good, good father. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent your son to die for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you have pulled me and grafted me into your family, that you have adopted me. All these different aspects are things that we could see in scripture. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in fact, when we talk about scripture reading, and that'll be another discipline that we could talk about here in a second. Um... For me personally, that's where so much thankfulness comes from. Right. Right. I was I was reading through Job this morning, which is is an interesting book for some people to find thankfulness and joy in. But when you get to that, that chapter where God starts responding to Job and he starts giving him all these questions and he starts elevating Job's understanding of who he is, for me this morning in my personal time, I just started welling up with tears and just started saying, Thank you, God. Mm-hmm. Thank you that you did create all this. Thank you that you are this mighty. Thank you that you are this powerful and all of a sudden I'm being transformed in the presence of God by the story of Job of all things because I I get to see a new picture of who God is and him revealing himself and even challenging some of my understandings of how big and mighty I am and I start to be humbled along with Job to see wow God you really are God and praise the Lord,
1: God is good at being gone, <laughs> and I love that because that's the starting point of the the kingdom of God expanding. you know uh, we hear that we're supposed to expand the kingdom of heaven, and so we th- we think okay i need to I need to do all of these things, but actually it's from that very heart posture mm-hmm. that you're talking about of thankfulness and gratitude, it actually starts to expand our heart it mm-hmm. it sets our heart in a posture that is in alignment with God's character and nature. Because if you think about it, it's very easy to be discouraged. Mm-hmm. And when we get discouraged, we turn inward. And what happens when we turn inward, we actually start to shrink. Mm-hmm. We actually start to um, find elements of death and not life you know, in our lives based upon what's going on with us emotionally. We actually start to shrink and retract. It's scientifically proven mm-hmm. that... Um, walking into the room, you actually physically take up less space when you're living in that type of heart posture. Hmm. It's crazy. But when you start to focus on gratitude and thankfulness, your heart is starting to open up. The kingdom of heaven that is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit starts to expand, and you actually start to physically take up more space in a room and people notice it and they have ways in which you can measurement or measure it which is absolutely wild Mm -hmm. but if you think about it it makes so much sense Mm -hmm. because it starts from within it's it's christ within us the kingdom of heaven starts from a heart posture of thankfulness and that is that is such an easy thing once you think about it mm-hmm. is to shift your heart posture to thankfulness and if you can do that on a regular basis if you can do that on a daily basis if you can make that a part of your daily practice yeah oh my goodness people are going to experience the kingdom of heaven from you and they're going to they're just naturally going to want to know what is going on with you like Mm -hmm. there's something when you walk into the room nick i am noticing something different and it all starts from posturing the heart uh in that area of thankfulness gratitude and gratefulness Mm -hmm. That's, that's a huge huge one yeah
0: I think you made a great point about it being a daily thing. Mm-hmm. I remember Pastor Dwayne quoting somebody else, who I can't remember at the time, but uh, it, it, he makes the statement that the secret to your success is hidden in your daily routine. Mm-hmm. And when I think about that I think that that's very very true and applicable but I also think it has to do with the rhythms of our life that's a, the the long process the long look at our life you know you might have a season where you're really in community and then there may be these times where god calls you apart just to mm-hmm. himself just to receive from him and to receive rest for your soul that way, mm-hmm. and I mean there are so many other disciplines. I don't know what you're going to talk about next, but there's so many other disciplines that we could talk about. Yeah. Uh,
1: so let's. Okay. So we talked about community. Mm-hmm. We talked about a daily heart posture awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe starting with thankfulness and gratitude. Let's let's dig into one more. Let's 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 grab onto one more, and then uh, maybe in the the show notes we can attach some type of PDF. Um so look for that as well and and we'll kind of give you some more tools to take this conversation a little bit further but you did you did mention scripture mm-hmm. and I think that that's a that's probably an important one yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where we gain some understanding sure
2: I think and i'll you said one, I'll put two out there scripture yeah. uh and then also prayer right yeah. and and I like to bring these two up together because they do. Coexist; They too, like, they build off of each other. Uh, and and so often we can be so intimidated by Scripture, right? And we, we this is where we start to almost gauge our Christian walk, quote-unquote, or our level of freedom, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. based off of, well, how much Scripture am I going into? And it's, I like pausing at this point and going, these disciplines are not something that we are doing in order to gain favor with God. Right. <laughs> There's something that we are doing in order to position ourselves and orient ourselves around God and in His presence, for Him to do in us what only He can do in us. Yeah.
1: And, and He's not sitting up there with some gold star stickers, <laughs> right. ready to place them on us every time. He's like, yeah. oh, yes, five chapters, right. three gold stars." Right? Yeah. By any means. Yeah. By
2: any means, and it's important for us to to realize that to see, like, it, these aren't things that merit. Uh, favor from God. These are these are things that simply interact with God. We are communing with God, and we get to hear His voice in them. Uh, in thankfulness and in community, we hear His voice, but then also specifically in Scripture. Our, our book of Scripture, our Bibles, these are God-breathed, God-ordained Scriptures, mm-hmm. and when we go into them, it could also be God breathing into us, and, and we need to go into Scripture in a way that we are surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Uh, And and I would say that these should be daily practices. When I started going into Scripture daily, uh, it started nourishing my soul because I started encountering the Lord often. Am I going to say that I encountered the Lord every day? Well, I can say that, but did I have tinglys and, you know, mighty words from God every day? No. But at the same time, it's not about those things. It's about positioning myself and orienting myself around God and allowing Him to do what only He can do. Uh, And I I would say with this, it's nothing to make legal uh, and legalistic of, well, I need to make this many scriptures in a day. But I would say do more than just one scripture. Mm -hmm. The verse of the day is a great place to start. (laughs) It's not a good place to end. Uh, If you imagine taking your favorite movie, Right, and and you were only to take a thirty-second bit of the movie and take them randomly and sporadically throughout the next three years until you watch through the whole movie. That movie really isn't going to make much sense to you. Uh, So I I would suggest going into and starting in the Gospels and just reading through maybe five chapters in the morning, Mm -hmm. uh, and just going. I'm going to chalk away. takes about I don't know thirty minutes. 40 minutes. I'm going to chalk aside 40 minutes and in, in jump into the scriptures to get a picture of who Jesus is. It's not legalistic. I'm not going to come around and go, hey, did you get your 40 minutes in? Did you get your five chapters in? Right. And the Lord's not going to do that. Right. But if we if we introduce these rhythms to our days, they will start to do something in us that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten, Mm -hmm. even through listening to the best messages. Pastor Duane, we have such an amazing, amazing Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching pastor that leads our church, but I could listen to all Pastor Duane's messages, uh, and yet I would probably still encounter the Lord in a completely fresh Mm -hmm. and maybe even more impactful way by getting into Scripture myself Mm -hmm. and allowing Him to start doing these things on the inside of me. Right. But then we also partner this with prayer and this is where i say going into scripture we need to learn how do we receive from the holy spirit and commune with god i would brought it up a second ago of this morning with Job, with me my thanksgiving started to become a prayer with god and i could start to receive from him in a fresh new way mm-hmm. um, but then there's other ways and I'll, I'll kick it off to you guys to maybe talk about prayer uh, there's other areas of prayer that we could dive into that are also rooted in Scripture, but might not look like us with Bible in hand.
0: What I would add to that is that, you know, even as you're praying, you can pray the Scriptures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a lot of times what that is, is it's actually a personal application of what God's speaking to you as you're reading. Mm -hmm. And it gives you opportunity to even ask Him questions in prayer Mm -hmm. as you're reading. And He can speak to you those things that you want to see and open your eyes to see things that might not be written just in the Word, but it's in the revelation that he gives you of that word and how it applies to your life. I would also uh, go to the topic of meditation. Mm -hmm. You know, prayer and meditation really go hand-in-hand with the word as well. And there's so many ways to meditate, but one of my favorite ones is to just read a verse and, and, and really, as I'm reading the scriptures, to look for that one verse that just seems to be jumping out at me. Mm-hmm. And when I get to that verse, to really take the time to read through it word by word, and and read each word, and and each time you're reading it, you maybe accentuate a, a different word as you go along, until you start to see it in a in a very full way, mm-hmm. and you can see just how God wants to use it in your life. But there are many ways to meditate on the word. The whole point is, is that you know we're always meditating on something, and if it's not the word of God. It's something that's pulling you in a direction that's separate from mm-hmm. him. And when we meditate on his word, it's that drawing us closer to him. And I, I love that. I, I think that uh, med- meditation is like medication, mm-hmm. and it, it really keeps us from that place of worry and focusing on those things that would... Tend to drag us down in our spirits, and really even make us so heavy that it's hard to get into the spir- spiritual disciplines that you're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I'd like to add about prayer is, you know, if we if we look at it from a standpoint of it's not something that we do when we just have to like sit side, sit aside some time. Mm-hmm. You know, like prayer can look like sitting in the moment, meditating. Mm -hmm. and eliminating all distractions Mm -hmm. prayer can also look like driving in your car and having a conversation with the lord Mm -hmm. and so i would just say that as we're we're talking about establishing you know spiritual disciplines this is probably one of the best ones to recognize that it doesn't have to be a giant ask, mm-hmm. or it doesn't have to be something that maybe you're just like, oh, now I have to pray because I set the time aside to pray. Mm-hmm. I think when you start to approach it from a standpoint of, I have the availability, the opportunity, yes. the access to be in constant communication yeah. with the creator who created me, mm-hmm. I think it kind of changes things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Completely. And, it, yeah. and it opens the door to just this two-way conversation and communication that's available at all times yes there's different ways to pray yes there's different forms there's different prayers in scripture we can pray scripture we can set time aside we can do it Mm -hmm. corporately we can do it individually Um, but i think when we start from the standpoint of it's just a conversation with god and it can happen at any time then i think it just it really just allows all those other opportunities to add even more value to your relationship with the yeah. Lord,
0: I love that the Scripture encourages us to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that in itself tells us that this is not just an activity that you do, but it's a lifestyle of communication and really communion with God, mm-hmm. where you're where you're both receiving and giving uh, at the same time, and it just it builds such a, a confidence in you um, as you as you lift up your requests to God. You receive answers, but also as you're just looking at him and magnifying him and, and praying and praising at the same mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. it adds a depth and a richness to your experience of him.
2: And this is where these disciplines start building on each other. When, you, when we spend more time in Scripture and we start to see the, the grand story of what God is doing in the landscape of, of creation, the redemptive story of Christ, how Christ is bringing all things back together and and restoring creation, restoring the cosmos, Uh, we can start to walk through our day, and Pastor Deb, you had said it a moment ago, that worrying is meditation in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Worrying is is even prayer in the wrong, wrong direction. We're dialoguing with something at all times. We are dialogue creatures. We're constantly in conversation. And in Paul talking in Thessalonians of pray without ceasing, it builds this amazing picture that we could walk through life engaged with what he is currently doing and what he is always at work doing in the redemptive solution of the world. And it starts to awaken even the adventuresomeness of life, the adventuresomeness of discipleship in freedom, in this entire journey that we're on. And it starts to bring the scriptures. Into our reality, we mm-hmm. start to look around and see God at work in our landscape, just as he was at work in the gospel accounts, in Paul's letters, and all these different things. And now scripture starts to become autobiographical in a way that we start to find ourselves in the pages of scripture, because we are finding God in the pages of our life. Yeah, And, and you start to see where, okay, all of these disciplines are building towards me actually being transformed closer and closer into the image of christ because i am walking with him and communing with him throughout all of these disciplines
1: and i love how you referred to the pages Mm -hmm. we find ourselves being written in the pages and and one thing that i always remind people of is we're always writing the next chapter of our life Mm -hmm. our present day scenario is constantly writing the next chapter of our life. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love this conversation about just some ways that we can start to engage with the word, start to engage with the truth. You know, I feel like we we gave some people some, some practical application steps. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about community, we talked about the word, we talked about prayer. And I think these are some really great steps to really start to see some momentum in writing that chapter of life that we want to see of becoming more like christ Mm -hmm. and you also said nick that we're always in dialogue Mm -hmm. and this is a topic that i feel like we can all be in dialogue Mm -hmm. for about (laughs) for the next couple hours but in an effort to to land the plane and, and really tie a bow on this one is there anything else that that the two of you would like to add to to just kind of put a cap on the end of this episode
0: I think uh, I kind of wanted to go back to something that Nick was talking about when he started talking about the disciplines, and um, he was talking about the value of them and and the purpose of them, and uh, I had jotted down 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, where where, uh, Paul tells us to exercise ourselves toward godliness, Mm -hmm. and he says that for bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come you know to to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness you know that's really what discipleship is it's actively pursuing relationship with god to become more like jesus mm-hmm. and and that's what a godly life is and so the disciplines that we've been talking about, these spiritual exercises, really it's just those places where we surrender our hearts and, and maybe we go to that favorite place to pray. Maybe we just picture that stream uh, mm-hmm. where we meditate, we contemplate on God and his goodness. Maybe we journal and all of these other things. But it's like when you go to a gym to work out, you are are going there and you grow in strength. Mm-hmm. But when we set aside a this time to intentionally just um, discipline ourselves to surrender our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, and everything to Him, really, it has that same result. We practice the disciplines, not because it's a routine, not because it's something that we're told we have to do, Mm -hmm. but it's something that we do because we know that as we seek Him, we find Him. Mm -hmm. And when we find Him, we know that He is willing to have all the fellowship with us that we need or want and he joins us in every part of our life mm-hmm. because he's such a good good god and you know i i play a little bit of guitar and i learned the scales and i practiced them and i i can play some of the scales and stuff but i never really took that next step of using the scales mm-hmm. you know i can do the scales but i never really made music with the scales i just strum the guitar and really I say that because there, there, there's a lot of value in knowing the scales if you're actually going to use them. Mm-hmm. And I say that because if you practice the disciplines just because they're disciplines that you think you should do, you will not ever really necessarily apply them to your life and it's in the application and in the richness that takes place in the midst of it that you're really making music. Mm. And, and I believe that's what it's, what it's all about is that, that richness that God desires to have Mm. with us, in us, and through us.
2: Yeah, that's so good. I love that picture of the music of life. And uh, yeah, the way that I would close out and just share uh, two quick things is, is one, um, another beauty of, of this whole talk on the disciplines is we see it in the life of Christ. You could look through Scripture and you could see that Christ himself was modeling these things. So when we go back to that conversation earlier on, well, what does it look like to walk with Christ today? Well, Mm -hmm. part of walking with him is doing the types of things that he did uh, in communing with him in that way. Um, And then the other aspect I would say is it's going back to the community uh, and, and really looking at even the dialogue that we're having today uh, and, and just the richness of what happens when the body of Christ comes together in dialogues on these things, talks about these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start to. Experience deeper expressions of these as I get to hear from Ryan your perspective, Deb from your perspective, and and hopefully from my perspective. Right, and all these things come richly together. And I would encourage anybody that's listening uh, to not just take this for yourself and run forward, mm-hmm. uh, but to bring these conversations into dialogue with your peer groups with. Uh, whether it's a quote-unquote small group at church or whether it's just your friends that you want to introduce some of these concepts to. Go back and go through this, this podcast series together in community and then dialogue about it because some of my biggest, biggest growth points and moments of transformation, again, it comes from God's presence but it was God's presence within the midst of community and in the midst of healthy dialogue with other believers that God used that to transform my life and is continuing to use it, Mm -hmm. just as he is today in this dialogue. I'm being transformed more and more into Christlikeness. That would be a great thing of a next step to bring into any area of life.
1: Yeah, that's really good. And the intention with that is never to... Uh, be the one that's always right (laughs) right you you (laughs) know but but the goal is and you you keyed in on it nick was uh growth Mm -hmm. but then also i believe it's supposed to lead us into loving god more and loving others more and that's exactly what our hope and intention and heart is for this episode and all the episodes that we're doing is personal growth loving god more and loving others more and with that we just want to say thank you for joining us And we look forward to the next time.
2: Thank you for joining us. If this message was impactful to you, we encourage you to share it and invite others into the conversation. For more information about freedom or your
0: next step at ResLife, head over to reslife.org slash next steps.
2: Until next time, remember, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom.